In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. These are the days, these are the masses that you remember forever. Whether it be the great storm of 79 when everything was shut down for a week and the family was able to rig the sled to the back of our half-malmute, half-shepherd dog and I was able to be drugged through the neighborhood like, a, like I was on the back of a horse-drawn sleigh. And even remembering um, that there is the, a dispensation that the bishop gave to everybody in the diocese, this doesn't mean that you can cash it in later and skip another Mass, you know, in July or August. So dismiss that thought entirely. What we have today is, uh, is an interesting um, juxtaposition of our Lord pulling out a scroll and reading it for everyone to see and everyone to hear. And if you looked at the details in your missalette, you can see that we took the first part of today's gospel reading from the very first chapter of St. Luke, and then we skipped to the fourth chapter. So it's, it's pretty, pretty drastic what kind of uh, space was covered by that dot, dot, dot between um, the two sections. Obviously, it's on purpose. Compare it then to what we heard in the first reading from the book of Nehemiah in the eighth chapter. Ezra is reading from a scroll out in view of everyone so that everyone can see him, everyone can hear him. And very clearly, they can see the scroll that he's reading from. They know that he's not speaking on his own behalf. They know that he is proclaiming the word of God. Now, in the case of Ezra and Nehemiah, this is at the end of the Babylonian exile. The Persian Empire had conquered the Babylonian Empire, and that resulted in the Jews being able to go back to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem had been looted. Much of their uh, sacred furnishings for the temple and the sacred books had, um, had been taken. Sadly, much of their religion had been deprived of them as well. And so in going through what was found, what they now had at their disposal, Ezra and Nehemiah are reading to the people these holy scrolls that they hadn't heard. They're being taught the word of God that, they'll, they'll, they, that they would have known had they never left Jerusalem. And in verse 8 of this 8th chapter, it says the people wept. All the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. This happens in small ways and in large ways. It happens when someone received what they thought was a Catholic education and then years down the road realizes that they were sold a bill of goods. It even happens in my own family. Mom and dad had been converted and were taught the basic catechism well, but hadn't been taught anything else through the 60s and the 70s. And then into the 80s, 
when my brother was finally in the seminary and coming home and teaching us, telling us what he was learning in school, and we learned for the first time about great saints like St. Francis de Sales, whose feast day is today, or St. John Bosco, or St. Thomas Aquinas, whose feast day is later this week. At one and the same time, you're devastated. Why didn't, why didn't we know this? Why hadn't anyone ever told us? But eventually it becomes an experience of joy to know, to have a greater opportunity to love the God, to love the Lord, to serve God. And then eventually you want to learn more and more and more. And so Ezra and Nehemiah are telling the people to make that transition. It's good that you're sad. It shows that you love God that you're sad. But be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord. Realize that as in any moment, as in any crisis, as soon as you learn of something bad that's been happening, that's your moment of greatest sadness because all of this has been happening, whatever it is, a family crisis, some betrayal. It's all been going on unbeknownst to you. Now that you realize it's been going on, now you're sad. But this moment of knowing is the beginning of things getting better. That moment of knowing what had been missing is the transition. And it's a moment to be grateful. Now I know. Now I can do something about it. This isn't just something that happens once or something that happens after bad things take place. We look at the Gospel of St. Luke and we realize that this is something that's going to always happen. Where you have been taught the faith, you have been taught about this life, you have been taught about these people who love you from the words of others. And then at a certain point in time, you will investigate it for yourself. And you'll realize, okay, some, some of that was condensed, or some of that was abbreviated, or some of that was exaggerated. Now I know better. Now I can, now I can do this more seriously. St. Luke, he's perfectly well aware that there are other Gospels that have been written. Right? St. Luke was the scribe of St. Paul. But he wants to write his own. There's other things that people need to know. And we look at the Gospel of St. Luke and there's much detail about Our Lady, about our Lord's infancy, about the poor, about women, that's in, that's in his gospel. It's given emphasis in his gospel. Now, his addressee, Theophilus, the one who loves God, is being given this in St. Paul's words so that he may realize the certainty of the teachings he has received. And so he will, in, an, in investigating or in looking at this good news of the gospel all over again. He'll realize that what he's been taught is true. What he's heard, what he's seen, what he's picked up, it's all true. And now that it's in his hands, he can, he can do even more with it. It's one thing to remind yourself of a story that you've heard. And as we do that in a family, sometimes uh, details get uh, morphed or, or left out. 
But when you, but when you read a scroll, when you read a text, you pick up a book again, especially when it's the holy word of God, you realize something new every time you pick it up. Well, there will never be a time when we, when we look at, at the Holy Bible and we say, nah, I've already pretty much gotten everything I need out of that. Don't need to read that again. That can happen. It's possible if that were a book about mathematics or about something confined and defined. But the Word of God presents to us the truth about everything, the truth about God, the truth about ourselves, the truth about the world, the truth about love, the truth about the battle against evil, the truth about eternity, the truth about the resurrection. The book that's about everything will never exhaust your brain cells to connect the dots and realize, I never thought of these two things together. I never realized that that was connected to something else. And so this is a new, a new moment, and it is for all of us. And this comes just days before we begin the great retreat of Lent, when we try to renew everything, try to renew our spiritual life. And so it's an invitation to, to do the same ourselves, to pick up a scroll, right? To pick up the Tully text and to read it, to read it as a family, to, to have someone read it to us. There are things you pick up when you read something. There are things you pick up when you have someone read it to you. And there will be moments when you realize, oh my goodness, I've, I've neglected something important. And you'll be sad. But that's the very same moment when you can begin to do something about it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.